don't stand to say, boy, I love the Lord this morning. I'm glad to say this morning, amen. amen. I don't want to be a hindrance this morning. Yes, I don't know what God had me to do, boy. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad He's sitting on the throne this morning. Yes, well, I'm glad, you know, I made a lot of mistakes in my life. I made some mistakes that I couldn't pay for, but He had to go to no cost for me. Yes. He prayed for my mistakes, some of the mistakes that I've made. Boy, I'm glad Brother Blood this morning. Amen. Boy, I'm glad my name's wrote in the Lamb's Book of Life this morning. Boy, Satan might buy a record. I believe one day he might open that old record up. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen when he does in my behalf. I believe he's going to look down upon my name and he's not going to see it. That, that record's not going to be there anymore because Jesus is going to cover it in his blood. Yes. He's going to stand in awe in front of the Lord. And I'm going to have a judge on my side, amen, <laughs> that paid it all for me. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm glad I'm saved this morning. I'm glad I belong to a Savior this morning. I'm glad I serve a God that liveth. He's Amen. on the throne. He made a way for me. Me and we found out my brother. And I said, boy, I get to sit here between my brothers and pay this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Think about that this morning. Amen. And God made a way. Yes, sir. Boy, I'm glad he made a way for me in my life. Boy, I'm glad I'm saved this morning. I want to stand and say, if you ain't saved this morning, boy, this be a good morning. Yeah. Hey, right. we're going to get to pull up to the throne room of grace. Amen. Amen. We're going to get to pull up to the Lord's Supper table this morning. Brother Gabe's going to preach. <laughs> God's going to use him because I done prayed. Amen. Like what Mary Lacey said one time, I done prayed. Amen. I've got faith he's going to show up this Amen. morning. I've got faith he's already here because I've done failed his prayer. Amen. He's done come by me one time. Amen. Because I love him. I want him here. I'm seeking his face Amen. this morning. How about you? Yes. Amen. I want him to save somebody this morning. I want someone to be helped. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to say I love this church and the people that's in it. Yes. I don't want to be a hindrance this morning. Yes. If you got something you want to say, you ought to say it. You ought Amen. to move. If God's telling you to. That's right. Hallelujah. Thank Amen. you, Lord.
want to say thank you.
the opportunity to pray. I thank you that you hear me. Lord, I'm thankful this morning for all that you've done. Lord, I couldn't thank you enough. I pray this morning, Lord, that you would help us to uplift your name. It's all about you this morning. It's not about us. It's not about us or what we need, but it's all about you this morning. Giving you the glory. And I pray this morning that it helps us to do that. And one thing is to lift your name up. God, I pray this morning, there's one here in this building, Lord, that has never been saved. I pray, Lord, they realize, Lord, for the convicting power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, that they need a Savior this morning. Lord, they'd throw their pride out the window. Lord, they'd come, Father, Lord, into themselves, Lord, that they might be filled by you. Lord, I pray this morning, some Christian, God, that maybe just lost that fire, I pray, Lord, that you, Lord, that you would just light them back up. God, we love you. Thanks for what you do this morning. Thank you for the good presence we felt. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you loosen the place up this morning. Lord, that you help your people to praise you. You help your people to thank you. Lord, that those lost folks sitting in this building today might see that you're real this morning. Might realize, Lord, that this thing called Christianity, this thing called salvation is real. Lord, it's not a fairy tale this morning. I thank the Lord for preaching from a book that's true. And I love you. Thank you for what you'll do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can remain standing if you got your Bibles this morning, real quick this morning. I thank God today that I'm saved. Amen. It's been on my heart uh, this morning, last night, and uh, I really feel like somebody here needs Jesus today, uh, needs a Savior today. And uh, been enough singing this morning that saved the whole world. Enough gospel in the songs saved the whole world this morning. But I'm thankful for the Word of God this morning. I'm just going to take a few minutes today, and uh, the Lord will help me today. Ezekiel chapter number 36. Ezekiel 36. I thought about this last night. What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be saved? I think a lot of Christians forget about it, and uh, we go through our life, and I think that hinders our worship when we forget all that Jesus had done for us. Uh, I think it hinders us. We ought to wake up every morning, Brother Bobby, thanking God that we're saved. Amen. First and foremost, thank we don't have to go to hell anymore. Amen. Amen. And, uh, but he's prepared a place for us. And uh, listen, you hadn't seen a place like that. You hadn't thought about a place like that. Uh, listen, God's prepared for us to love Him. And Ezekiel chapter 36, and we're reading verse number 21 down through verse 32. Verse 21, Ezekiel 36. But I had pity for mine holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whither they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sake, so house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither ye went. Now I will sanctify my great name, which is profane among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. And then will I sprinkle clean water upon you that ye should be clean. From all your filthiness and all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. And I will also save you from all your uncleanness, and I will call, call for the corn, and we'll increase it and lay no famine upon you. Aren't you glad God takes care of us? Amen. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and increase the, of the field uh, that you shall receive no more approach of famine among the heathen. And then shall you remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good. And you shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations. Not for your sakes do I this, saith the Lord God, be it known unto you. Be ashamed to confess for your own ways, O house of Israel. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word this morning. Help us uh, for the next few minutes, God, Lord, to give the message you've laid on our heart. God, I thank you for what you've done so far, but God, I pray, Lord, that one uh, is lost and undone in this building today, that you'd bring them before the table. Lasting and eternally too late, 
God, help us, Lord, to glorify your name and lift you up uh, just for the next few minutes, God, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You be seated. Thank you for standing. Amen. This morning I've heard in my time a lot of testimonies of people who said that they were saved. I've also heard in my time many testimonies of people who said that they thought they were saved, but now they know that they are. Can I tell you this morning that God and the God that we serve gives a no-so salvation. It's not a salvation where you're going to sit in that pew this morning and say, I think I'm saved, I hope I'm saved, maybe I got it right, amen. Listen, no, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I know Him and He knows me. I know that I'm saved beyond a shadow You cannot talk me out of it. I don't care what preacher stands behind this pulpit. You cannot talk me out of what God has given me. It doesn't make me nervous one little bit. Brother Bobby, I know that I'm saved. I don't care what you say, I'm saved. It's just like my dad is down in Mountain City, Georgia right now. His name's Max Southerns. You cannot tell me or convince me that that's not my father. Amen. I don't care if I didn't talk to the man for 20 more years. He would still be my father. Amen. And you can't convince me any different. Amen. Amen. I witnessed a deacon one time in, in Bryson City, a church over there we sang at, Brother Clifford had preached. A deacon of that church got saved that night. Had it been a deacon of that church, Brother Danny, for about 20 years. Got saved that night, and this is what he said. He said, you know, there's a lot of times that the preacher would preach, and I know there was something not right in my heart. But because I was a deacon and I had a position... I didn't want to go up there and get saved because uh, I, just, I was afraid of what everybody's going to say. But I got to the point, he said, I got to the point tonight, that particular night Brother Clifford preached, he said, I got to the point tonight where I stopped caring about what everybody thought. Amen? And I just took what the Lord, the Holy Ghost was telling me. Amen? And I came down and did what God was telling me I need to do. Amen? And can I tell you something this morning? If you're lost, you know it. There's not an amount of convincing that I need to do. Listen, the Holy Ghost has already let you know that it's not right. Amen. Uh, you sit here, well, uh, God hadn't dealt with me. He ain't told me. Listen, I can tell you, if you've been coming to this church very long, the Holy Ghost has dealt with your heart if you're lost. Amen. It's not His will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Listen, it, listen if it's not His will that you should perish and go to hell, then don't you know that He's going to make good on His part and deal with your heart. Right? Because no man coming to the park said he'd be drawn. Amen? So if you have to be drawn, and God has to draw you before you can get saved, then don't you know he's going to make good on his part of the deal? Amen. I've heard him say that. I've heard him say, I thought I was saved, thought I had it right. But tonight, I got it right. Amen, I know I'm saved. I found that most people this morning have a very shallow perception or idea what salvation really is. I think it's coming down this altar, one, two, three, repeat after me, and that's all you do. It's much more than that. It's much more than that. People think they can live their whole life for the devil, and on their deathbed, call out to God, and he'll save them. It just doesn't work like that. Now, I'm saying this, if the Lord, if the Lord deals with somebody on their deathbed, and he call, they call out to the Lord, they'll be saved. But I wouldn't wait to your deathbed, and 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 and... and and, and, and lay a bet that Jesus or God's going to deal with your heart. Amen? Because he may just, he may not do that. I found in my time a lot of folks think that service is a substitute for salvation. They'll find out what's going on at the church and they'll be right there every time. They'll be on time, they'll stay late, and they'll do all these things not even saved. They're figuring service is a substitute for salvation. Can I tell you, service is not a substitute for salvation. Singing in the choir is not a substitute for salvation. Amen. Sitting in a pew in a church, in a Baptist church that believes the Bible, is not a substitute for salvation. Amen. Sunday school attendance is not a substitute for salvation. People say, well, they're not even saved. They say, well, I come to Sunday school, I come to Sunday night, Wednesday night, I come to revival service, I serve in the church, I'm better than he is, so I must be saved. I'm better than so-and-so. Amen. So I must have it right and they must have it wrong. Listen, none of that's a substitute for salvation. Amen. Faithfulness is not a substitute for salvation. 
Listen, you could be the most faithful church member of this church and been here for 50 or 60 years and die and go to hell. That's the truth of the matter this morning. Financial giving is not a substitute for salvation. It's the difference between, Brother Danny, it's the difference between thinking you're saved and knowing you're saved. Amen. That deacon made up his mind he wasn't going to let his pride or people's perception of him send him to hell. Amen. But I have found this morning that all the ter- testimonies of people I've heard who thought they were saved, now they're sure they're saved, part of that testimony included the fact that they knew they were lost. Brother Tony Hudson, I was talking to him one time, it's been several years ago, but he told me this. He said, I was preaching a youth meeting up in Asheville. And there's about three or 400 kids there. And he said, I asked him, how many of you saved? Raise your hand. He said, about 95% of them raised their hand if they're saved. He said, now, of, that 90, uh, of the, the ones that just raised their hand, how many of you can tell me about your conviction? He said, and about 95% of the 100, 90, about 95% of that 95% hands went down. He couldn't tell you nothing about being convicted. Couldn't tell you nothing about what, how, how the Holy Ghost dealt with their heart. Can I tell you, I can tell you a whole lot more about how God dealt with my heart than about what he did for me when he saved me. Brother Danny, when he saved me, it happened just like that. I can't snap my fingers. Brother, Brother Randy, it happened just like that. But that conviction was a long process. He was dealing with my heart. And you know, when the Lord deals with your heart, you've got to deal with the Lord. He's, you, you've got to, listen, it's, it's, a, it's a conversation. It's a process. Amen. I know they some, the first time the Lord, uh, the Holy Ghost knocked on your heart's door, man, you made a beeline to this altar and you got saved. And I, I praise God for that. Amen. You ain't no more saved than I am. You ain't no more saved than the one that ran from God for three years and finally, finally surrendered. Amen. But I can tell you this, if you're one of them that ran to the altar, you can tell us the Lord dealt with my heart and I ran to him. You can't just tell us, well, the preacher said, come down here if you want to be saved, and that's what I did, and I said what he told me to say, and now I'm saved. I hadn't seen much of a change in my life, but I did do what the preacher said, and I did pray, and I did say what he said for me to say, and according to what he said, I'm saved. Listen, we're a lot of times we put more in what the preacher says than what the Lord says. If the preacher says, I'm not going to tell anybody in here they're saved. They're going to come up here and explain what you did. All I can say is if the Lord dealt with you and you did what the Lord told you to do and you come up and prayed and repented your sins, Jesus said, if you repent, you shall all likewise perish. If he dealt with your heart and you know he dealt with your heart and you came up here and repented your sin and asked him to save you, as far as I know, you're saved. But I don't know what God did for you. And I'm sure not going to say, well, if you do these three things, you'll be saved. I, I remember, I mean, I didn't get to the message for him. I remember I was in a youth revival over in Hiawassee. There's a little church over there, and the preacher, I knew him, he asked us to come sing. We was over there singing, and, uh, and uh, we got done singing. The preacher got up to preach, and uh, this old man uh, walked outside, and somebody came up, and tapped Misty on the, on the shoulder and said, this old man wants to talk to you outside. Because Misty had given her testimony that night. And uh, she said, okay. So I went out there with him. And sure enough, about a 72, three-year-old man out there. His face was red. He was crying. We said, what's wrong? What do you want to talk about? He said, well, she gave her testimony. And that's, that's, that's me to a T. I don't know what I need to do. And all we could tell him was, if the Lord dealt with your heart, you need to go pray. And that man said, well, that man's up there preaching. I said, I don't think they'll mind if you go down there and want to pray and get saved. And we stood out there for 15 minutes and just talking back and forth, what do we do, what do we do? And we, he said, well, how about we just pray right here? I said, we can pray right here. And so he got down and he prayed. I don't know how long we prayed, but he got up and I said, I said well, how do you feel? And he said, well, I don't know. So I feel like I, I still feel like I need. I still feel like I ain't got it. 
So we got down back on the porch and prayed again. Can I tell you something right here? It don't matter how many times you pray, as long as the last time you get it right. Amen. People say, well, I done went up there five times. Listen, I'd, I'd go six times to make sure I'd go to heaven. Amen. Don't worry about what people say. Most of them's lost anyway. And we prayed and prayed, and he said, well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. And I didn't really know what, I was, I, I didn't really know what to say to the man. And so I said, well, let's just go back in that church. And so he, he said, all right. So we opened the doors, and that Brother Allison, Keith Allison was up there preaching. I mean, he down our parts. He was a famous preacher. He was up there preaching, and that man went up there, big old man, fell down that altar. Brother Keith stopped preaching. And then uh, Brother Mark Wheeler was over here, and I motioned for him to come over here. And he came over there with me. And the man prayed again. And he, st- he kind of got up on his knees. And he looked at me, and he looked at Brother Mark, and, Mark, and, and we said, well, how do you feel? He said, I don't feel nothing. And Brother Mark Wheeler looked at him and said, well, sir, what do you expect you're supposed to feel? You think you're supposed to get some kind of tingly feeling from, you know, from your belt loop all the way up to your neck? How do, you, how, do you, how do you think you're supposed to feel? He said, well, I don't know. He said, I just feel... He said, well, let me ask you this. Did the Lord, did the Holy Ghost deal with you? He said, yes, I know He did. He said, did you come down here and repeat, repeat your sins? He said, yes, I did. He said, well, as far as I know, as far as the Word of God's concerned, you're saved. There's no confusion part. There's no confusing thing about it. We think we're supposed to feel something. Can I tell you, if you ever get it right, amen, if you do it according to the Word of God, amen, if the Holy Ghost deals with you, you repent of your sins, ask God to save you, amen, you may not feel it right then, but you will after a while. Amen, the feeling will come. You, you can't put the feeling in front of the facts, in front of the faith. You hear the facts, you have faith in the facts, you come and you, listen, you, you repent of your sins, amen, God will give you the feeling a little bit later on. Amen. I didn't know I was going to say that. But I feel like there might be somebody here just confused. I'm not up here to confuse you. It's not my, it's not my place to confuse anybody. I say what the Bible says, amen. A few things about what it means to be saved. Amen. If you know, if you lost this morning, you know you are. Hey, I don't have to try to convince you that you are. First of all, I want you, I want you to think, think about the motivation or the reason for salvation. The reason for salvation, the reason that God would save anybody, Brother Ira, is for His glory. That's what He said. He said, He said, I'm not doing this for your sakes. He said, but I'm doing it for my own name's sake. Amen. The nation of Israel had profaned His name among the heathen, according to the Word of God. God had destroyed people for doing that. God had destroyed whole nations of people for doing that. Wiped them off the face of the earth for profaning His name among the heathen. So why, you say, well, why did He save Israel? If He would destroy other nations and destroy people for doing that very same thing, why did God save Israel? Let me ask this, why does God save anybody? I'm going to ask you more personally, why did God save me? Brother Bob, why did God save you? Why did he save Why does God save anybody? What were you before you got saved? Amen? How many used to cuss when you got, before you got saved? Raise your hand. How many, listen, how many used to lie before you got saved and still do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I got y'all. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Why does God save any sinner? Why does He save any sinner? We've adopted the idea that God saved us because we're special. Can I tell you, there ain't nothing special about me outside of the Lord Jesus Christ living within me. Because I'm nothing but old sinful flesh. Amen. Who's had his soul cleansed by the blood of Christ. Amen. Nothing special about me. So why was God... So what was his, what was his motivation? Look at verse 22. 
he said this. He said, Therefore I say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the heathen with you went. Wherever you've gone, you've profaned my name. I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it for my own name's sake. In other words, my motivation for salvation is my glory, is what God said. It's God's glory. It's not for our sake, but it's for His sake. You know, God's a jealous God. He's a jealous God this morning. And he and one of the things he's jealous of, Brother Ira, is his glory. There ain't nobody in his house gonna steal his glory. He deserves the glory. He's the only one that deserves his glory. He's the only one this morning uh, that's worthy of the glory. He says, You can have my peace. He said, I, my peace I give unto you. A peace that passes all understanding. You can have my peace. He says, You can have my joy. Amen? Joy unspeakable and full of glory. So you can have my grace. You know you're saved by grace. So you can have that. But I'll not give anybody my glory. By the way, God is the only one in that, that is in a position to take that position. Amen? Because He's the only one that's worthy of glory. There's none greater than Him. By the way, salvation's not about you, it's about Him. Amen, you wouldn't be saved had it not been for Him. You wouldn't be saved this morning had He not died at Calvary 2,000 years ago. You wouldn't be saved this morning if, if the Lord, before the foundation of the world was ever made, Lord, that he, that he did not send His only begotten Son. He was, the Bible says that Jesus was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God knew before He ever formed anything that He was going to have to send His Son to die for us. If He hadn't done that, none of us would be saved. He's a jealous God. Amen. There's no other aspect this morning of God that could be enlarged. He couldn't expand His power, Brother Danny. Why? Because He's always been omnipotent. All-powerful. You couldn't get any... Brother Bobby couldn't get any more powerful than what He already is. He's already all-powerful. He's already omnipotent. He couldn't expand His knowledge. He's already omniscient. He knows it all. Past, present, and future. There's nothing, there's nothing that will happen, has happened, amen, though it is happening in the present that God don't already know about. So he couldn't expand his power. He couldn't expand his knowledge. He couldn't expand his presence. He's everywhere. There was only one thing that God could be... Listen, one aspect of God that could be enlarged. And that was His glory. Why did He save us? So we give Him glory. Every, listen, the newest one has been saved this morning. That's enlarging His glory a little bit. If, there, if two or three get saved here this morning, that will enlarge His glory. Listen, and, the, and His glory will keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until the Lord calls His children home. Amen? And then it will be glory forevermore. Amen? That's why God created man. God created man so, because God, he had the knowledge that man would fall into sin. Knowing that it would cost him his son, knowing that Jesus would shed his blood in order to redeem that fallen man. Because God knew that a sinner saved by grace would exalt him and magnify him and give him the glory that he deserves. Amen. This world's not going to give God the glory, but his children will. Listen, it's our, it's our duty to come in here in the house of God. You don't even have to be in here. Be outside. When you get up in the morning, go to work. Go to school, wherever you go. Listen, it's your duty. It ought to be your desire to give Him glory for what He's done for you. Amen. I'm hurrying this morning. What about the resource or the means of salvation? Amen. The reason for salvation was His glory. He saved you so you'd worship Him. The, the resource and the means of salvation is His grace. You didn't get saved because you're a good person. Amen? You got saved because He's a good God. You got saved this morning because He's a gracious God. He's a God this morning uh, that is full of grace and mercy. Mercy is something that you... Uh, listen, grace and mercy. Grace is you getting or you not getting what you do, what you do deserve. Amen? Grace is you getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is you not getting what you do deserve. Amen? 
That's the God we serve. I want you to notice in verses 24 through 30, I'm not going to read it, you can read it later on. Over and over and over and over, you see where the Bible says God, God says, I will, I will, I will. Not you will, you will, you have to do, you have to do, you will do this, you do this, you do that, list of things that you have to do in order to be saved. No, over and over and over through those verses, God says, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. God had to do it. God had to initiate it. You realize in in the book of Genesis in the garden that God came looking for them? They had sinned against God. They didn't go looking for God. He came to Adam in the cool of the day. He said, Adam, where are you? You ever thought about that, Brother Danny? You ever thought about in the book of Genesis how that happened? God had to initiate all of it. What did, he, what did he do? He put coats of skins on them to cover the nakedness. Because they had put their false religion, their, uh, their uh, fig leaf religion, to cover themselves. God, the Bible says they put coats of skins on them. Let me ask you something. Who killed the animal? God did. First blood that was ever shed. An innocent animal had to die to cover the sin of man. Cover their nakedness. God killed the animal. Who made the coats? He didn't say, now Adam, I killed these animals over here. You go over and skin them and dry them and make coats out of them. No, God made them. The new coat. Amen. God killed the animal. God made the coats. God went to them. God clothed them. God did it all. It's His grace. It's His grace. The resource of the means of salvation is God's grace. David said that He brought me out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay. Listen, in the Hebrew, the miry, that miry clay is making reference to this word, quicksand. That's what miry clay is. It's quicksand. And quicksand is something that you want you're in it. There's no way to get out of it. Amen? As a matter of fact, the more you struggle, the deeper you sink into it. David said, I was in quicksand and God brought me out. Thank God. He brought me out. He reached down further than I could, than I could reach up. I was in something. I was in a mess. I was in a horrible pit. I was in a place that I could not get out of myself. But thank the Lord that he reached down and he grabbed me out of the quicksand and pulled me out of the miry clay. That's what he did. The resource of the means of his salvation is, is his grace. The reason is his glory. But what's the result this morning? And I'm done. What's the result of salvation? It's godliness. It's godliness. Verse 26. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. In other words, that heart placed in your heart. He's going to take that out, and he's going to put something in there that's pliable that he can, he can work with. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. He said, I'll give you a new heart. I'll give you a new spirit. Verse 27, you'll walk in my statutes. In other words, you'll do what I say. And verse 30, you shall remember how you used to be, and you'll hate the way you were. That's what the Bible says. I didn't make that up. God is saying, when I do these things for you, listen, when I do these things for you, when I do this work in your heart, you will live for me. That's what he said. Amen. And the time will come that you'll hate the very thought of doing wrong. You say, wait a minute, preacher, we can't be perfect. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying one little bit that you'll be perfect. What I am saying is that you'll be different. You'll be singing that song, It's different now. This Jesus saved my soul. It's different now. Amen? Amen. It's different. Can I tell you, my life 
Now that I've been saved, it's different. I'm not the same man I used to be. Amen. I'm glad that Jesus didn't leave me the way He found me. <laughs> Aren't you? Aren't you glad that it's different now? You say, well, I said, I went down there and I said I prayed and, and I've lived my life the same way that I always used to. Ain't nothing changed about me. Well, I'm going to ask you, what, what happened that night then? You wasted a lot of energy coming up that altar. God ain't ne- Can I tell you, if God deals with you and you respond and you repent of your sin, God will save you. It's not that God's going to let one fall through the cracks with the day. If He deals with you, you respond and repent of your sin, you will be saved. And you will be different. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Just in simple terms this morning, that means you'll be different. Amen. I don't know, I've preached on that a few times the last few, few weeks. I've really hit that for some reason. I believe there might be somebody here that has been coming, and you ain't changed one little bit. Your life hasn't changed a bit since you said you got saved. And I don't know why you said it. A lot of folks in church think that somehow their status in the church will elevate if they say they're saved. Makes no difference. Amen? Makes no difference. If you're lost, you need to get saved right now. Amen? And you know if you're lost. You know if you need the, if you need the Lord. There's a change that occurs. I said this a couple Sundays ago. If I was to come in this building and say, boys, I tell you what, you never, never believe it. Transfer trucks just hit me. I just got run over by a transfer truck. And I look like I have no, no scuffs on my, on, my, on my shirt or on my pants. And everything looks just right. Amen? No dirt on my face. Hands ain't even dirty. And I'm sitting here telling y'all, a truck, I'm telling you, a truck just hit me. Out there, what highway is that? 441. I was out on 441, and a transfer truck run out, right, took the legs out from under me. I mean, run me over. And y'all look at me and you say, Really? Really? Are you serious? Did, did a transfer really hit you? Did you go home and change clothes or something? Yeah. That's right. No, I didn't. See, he helped me preach a little bit. He knows where I'm going. And I say, no, I didn't. He, he, I'm telling you, it just happened five minutes ago. It just happened five minutes ago. I just got, I just got hit by a truck. Well, let me ask you this. What's the difference in you saying, yeah, I went up and said, Jesus saved me. And people look at your life, or you even look at your own life, and you say, no, it's not a scratch on me. Nothing different about me. But I did say what the preacher said. I did say, Lord, save me. Can I tell you something this morning? It's not in a prayer. It's in a person. It's not in what you say. It's what he does. If he's dealt with your heart... Listen, you need to come and get saved. But if the, God, if the Lord of glory has never dealt with your heart, if you've, never been, if you've never been convicted of your sin, in other words, found guilty of your sin, if you've never been lost, then you've never been saved. I'll tell you this story and I'm done. I remember one time when I was a little boy, me and my cousin Charlie, it was Christmas time, and, and uh, we was down at Grandma's house, and Grandma had lived on a farm. And uh, down, down the creek, about half a mile or so, there was this old house place. We called it the old place. And we'd go down there in the summertime. We'd stay down at Grandma's house a month at a time. We'd go down to the old place and just play. There's an old chimney there, part of a house still there. And we'd go play in that little house, and there's a creek, and there's a big rock. We'd slide down the rock into the water, just have a big time. And, well, Charlie had this big idea on, sun, on, on Christmas Day uh, that we was going to go down there. Well, there's, you know, seven, eight inches of snow on the ground. And it was snowing hard. And uh, I had got me a new pair of cowboy boots for Christmas, so I said, I'm ready. That's supposed to be funny, see? I've got y'all. And so we, we let out, and of course, I didn't wear no socks with my cowboy boots because that, you know, hinders how you walk and everything. So I had bare feet and cowboy boots. And uh, 
you know how kids are. Your mama tells you to put a coat on. You say, no, I'm, I'm okay. I had a little jacket on. So we went and went on down, found the old place. It was covered in snow, and you barely see the creek, and the creek was about seven, eight foot wide normally. But it was, it was covered over. And uh, so we got down there and played for a couple of hours or so, and it started to get dark. Now, Charlie was about five years older than me, so he was much faster than me. He said, well, he said, Gabe, he said, it's getting dark. Let's head back to the house. And I said, okay. And uh, we got up, and, and we started it back toward the trail. And just all, all we had to do was follow the creek back toward the house. And he and I got to looking. It got to snowing harder. And I was trying to keep up. And my little old legs was just churning. And I couldn't keep up with Charlie. And Charlie just went out of sight. Went around the curve there, around a few, few trees in a, in a hill. And I lost Charlie. And I'm, try, I'm trying my best. And here I was, I think I was about, I want to say, seven years old, eight years old. And he's 13, I think. He's gone. And here I am. No socks and a pair of cowboy boots, and all the, all the water's done come through. My feet are about froze off. My hands are frozen because they didn't wear no gloves. And here I am going up the trail that, I, that I'm trying to follow. It's snowing so hard that Charlie's tracks are starting to get covered up. I couldn't even see where he'd been. Well, I kept on going. And I got to the point where I, I started crying because I was lost. I was lost. And I finally, Brother Danny, I finally just gave up. I'd been walking for at least an hour, and it got almost dark. And so I just sat down in the snow. And I said, here's a seven-year-old saying, I'm going to die right here. I mean, I'd, I had just, I'd, I'd give up. I'm fixing to die in the snow at Grandma's house. And I just sat down, plopped myself down in the snow, and just waited on death to come, I guess. And I was crying. I was crying, hollering. And I didn't think nobody heard me. And then I heard a voice. Gabriel! I perked up. Gabriel! And it kept getting louder and louder and louder. And I looked and there was my dad. Walking down exactly where I would come right to me. He said, What are you doing, son? I said, I thought I was going to die. I saw, I'm so glad to see you. And I grabbed on him, and he carried me back to the house. Got back to the house, and I got warmed up a little bit. And Charlie, of course, Charlie was over there drinking hot chocolate. He's all right. He didn't care about me. He'd opened another couple of presents. He's just he's done with me. Let, let him die. Daddy was saying, son, I watched you for about 30 minutes. He said, Charlie got back. You wasn't with him. He said, so I put my coat on and I headed down the doorway. He said, and I, I got to the point where I could see you, but you couldn't see me. He said, and this is what you was doing. He said, you was coming down the hill and you'd be on the right trail and then you'd turn left. And you'd go this way. You'd go back up the hill. You'd go around. Crying the whole time. Come back down the same trail. You'd be on the right road, and then you'd turn left. You'd go around and around, up the hill again. He said, I watched you for 30 minutes do that. Up and down, up and down, the same trail. It was snowing so hard, it, it, was, it was covered. You know how it just covers up everything. And I was eight years old, seven years old. I didn't know what it... I was dumb. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. And I just kept going around and around circles. He said, and I watched you, and I finally got tired of watching you. And he said, I saw you plop down there and just give up. He said, I figured I might have been able to step in and save you. And boy, I sure was glad he saved me. Listen, that's exactly what we was doing, wasn't it? We was just going around in circles. Brother Danny, we'd get on the right trail. We'd start, we'd start doing right. And we'd turn that old devil... You know, you see, people think that that trail, that trail of doing right, is going to somehow lead to heaven. It's not. You won't stay on the trail of doing right very long because the devil's going to deter you, detour you, and you're going to find yourself back in the same mess you was. That's the way it was in my life. I had good mom and daddy. I had them, you know, they taught me right from wrong. You know, they took me to church, you know. 
but I, w- I wasn't saved. So when I got out on my own, that's just what it was. It was just this round and round and round. And I'd come back home, you know, from school, and they'd take me to church. We'd go to church, and it seemed like for the next few weeks or so, months or so, I'd be back on the right trail. Everything would be going good. Then something would happen, and I'd be off on the right. I'd be back in that circle again. I'd be back in the same mess I was before. And let me say this. I felt bad about it. I did. I felt, I felt wrong. I, felt, I, I knew I was doing wrong because I'd been taught right. I had a conscience, amen. But it didn't stop me from keep going. It didn't stop me from... It didn't stop the cycle. You understand what I'm saying? But the Holy Ghost got a hold of me in this church. I, I think about it this way. Like, like my dad was standing up on the hillside watching me going around and around in circles. And that night, Brother Danny, the Holy Ghost said, I got tired of watching you. I had to come where you were and save you. Amen. Just got tired of watching you. I wonder this morning. I wonder. If, I wonder this morning how many the Holy Ghost is tired of watching you. I wonder how many the Holy Ghost has come to you where you are. I didn't get up. Daddy came pick me up. I think I might have been froze to the ground. But he came, brother Danny. He came where I was, and he picked me up, and he put on put me on his shoulder right there. Put my head on his shoulder, and he carried me the whole time talking to me, saying, it's going to be all right. We're going to take you back and get you warmed up. Everything's going to be all right. Amen. He kept telling me, son, I'm I'm glad I showed up when I did. You might be here this morning, and the Lord's shown up in your life this morning. He's wanting to pick you up. Where you are at, where, where you are. He's come to where you are to pick you up, get you out of the mess you're in, and save you today. You may be a church member. Throw your church membership out the window. You may be, listen, you may be the child of a church member. You're not going to go to heaven on mama's coattails. You may have been one of those people like me who said that they had gotten saved. There's some folks here this morning. I'm glad to see them this morning. There's a few of them that would stand and say, that, that was me. I thought I was saved. I'm not, I, I, but I realized God dealt my heart and I wasn't saved. But I got saved. Now I know I am. Amen. Misty, if you'll come with a song this morning. You look in the Word of God. You won't find any case where the Lord touched someone or they had had an encounter with Jesus where things weren't different. Zacchaeus said, the half of my goods I'll give to the poor. The Philippian jailer who put Paul and Silas in the chains after he got saved, took them home and he washed their wounds. Saul of Tarsus, persecutor turned preacher. Go on and on and on and on. When God does it, He changes. Changes, folks. Amen. It's the question this morning. The question this morning is not have you joined the church. The question is not do you attend Sunday school? Are you a good person? Do you give your offering? Do you know? The question is this morning do you know Jesus? Does He know you? As we stand this morning, She's seeing something. I just told you this morning what Bible salvation is. What it means to be saved. The question now is for you, do you have it? Do you have it? You may be sitting here this morning thinking that you're already saved, but I'll ask you the question, did what you have change your life? Did what you have change your life? Better yet, if I were to ask your friends outside the church if what you had changed your life, what would they say? What would they say? What would your friends that don't go here, that you come in contact with every day, who know you probably better than anybody here, what would they say about what you say you have? Did it change your life or not?
as she sings, this altar's open, Lord, help in the invitation time. Lord, if there's one that needs you, Father God, I pray that you could pick their heart, let them come before it's everlasting, eternally too late. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody come this morning. Somebody. Is there anybody this morning that would come? Watching, watching for you and for me. This is what he says. Come home. Come home. Come home. Are weary. Would you come this morning? sing one more verse. Listen, if it takes ten tear-jerking song verses to get you to come. Listen, if the Lord's dealt with your heart, listen, you need to run to it. With the way this world's going, we may not make it back here tonight. You could walk into Walmart this afternoon and the whole place gets shot up. And you'd be part of the you be part of the people who got killed. You don't know that. This is not the same world we used to live in ten years ago, five years ago. I beg you this morning, if you're lost, church member or not, if you're lost, you need to, get, you need to come this morning. This may very well be your last opportunity to come. Sing one more verse. Christians pray this morning. Pray for that one that's lost. I wonder if there's any family member that knows they've got a loved one that's lost. You want to come pray for them? Just come lift their name up. Call their name out. That's right. for you and for me. Come home. Come home. Are you lost this morning? Come home Earnestly, tenderly Jesus is song says softly and tenderly Jesus is calling he's not going to twist your arm this morning to get you to come it'll be softly and tenderly it'll be please come home it'll be please come home he's not going to jerk your arm out of your socket to get you to come to him you got to come of your own accord Listen. You've got to come to the place where you know you're a sinner. And I tell you something this morning. The only people say God saves is sinners. He don't save nothing but sinners. If you can't admit that you're one of them, then you can't get saved. 
You've got to come to the place where you know who you are. Amen. You come to the place where you understand and realize and admit that you know who you are. And you're a good candidate to come to Him. He'll save you. He'll save you. Amen. Thank the Lord this morning. Amen. I know I kept you a little longer. I feel like I needed to. Uh, and I'm not going to hold it any, more, any longer than now. But uh, if you're lost this morning, I, I beg you not to leave this place. Find somebody. We'll pray with you. Amen. God save this morning. Brother Danny, I don't know. I, the last few services, the last several services, just really felt like somebody needed to be saved. Somebody needed to come. But there it is. You know, if you're going to leave lost, that's, that's up to you. It's your choice. It always comes down to your choice. Amen.